podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic host today. Um, it's not the usual usual Tuesday trio. We're joined by Brian, it's myself, Declan McCornwell, joined by Lawrence Conley and Patrick McGilp. The sun is shining. Um, the international break is nearly over, gents. This one feels a bit strange because Scotland didn't have that playoff semi final um, and what we hoped would potentially be final. But here we are, we're nearly at the end of this international break and we have a huge game. On Sunday, so um, we'll be talking about that. We're already getting linked to players. I think it's the usual Celtic thing. Um, we're even not out of March yet, and we're already getting linked to players for the summer. And we'll chat a wee bit briefly on international duty and some players. I'm sporting my Japan talk. Um, Rio Hitati started for Japan this afternoon against Vietnam. They were getting beat the last time I checked. Um, hopefully, Rio comes back unscathed and fully fit. But we'll get right into it. Um, Brian, since you have the Tuesday show, um, we'll, come, we'll go right into it here. Sunday, it's absolutely massive. It's first against second. There's three points split to two teams. I've got a rather large goal difference. Um, in terms of this game, do you think Ange Postacoglu faces any potential lineup dilemmas? Possibly. I suspect we made the any international injuries may dictate changes to the team, but I suspect the team he started against Ross County is probably the team who start um, against Rangers. The only difference I would imagine is hopefully Keogh go on the bench. Um, I know, I've not heard too much about the end of those games. I don't know if he played or not, or I think it's been kept kind of top secret. Um, but I'm hoping even if he's even if, he, if he's partially fit, I would still have him on the bench. Um, I think it's a, a good boost I think, think like the the, the last um, Rangers game where um, Callum McGregor was a doubt, maybe we didn't know if he was going to appear. And um, Colin Watt and the Wednesday joked it was like the, the Undertakers appearing right in the middle of the park and Callum McGregor was suddenly there. And um, and I think that, that, that rattled him and I think it galvanised the Celtic team. I think he hope it have a similar effect. Um, so yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he'll make many changes. Um, possibly a bother coming in from Yeda, but I think Yeda's finger his feet, he's finding a bit of form after a, a kind of sticky start. So I would keep probably the 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 structure the same. But the good thing is there's so many players to choose he actually he's actually got a selection dilemma for the first time in a while, so it's all positive. Yeah, that's something we were having a chat about last week and that it's good that we're having conversations about regular first team players that we've got options of or not having to rely. On younger players, um, if you look back at the team that started at Ibrox at the end of August, Celtic's team was Joe Hart and goals, um, Tony Ralston, Stephen Welsh, Carl Starfelt, Josip Juranovic debutising, and it played the left-back. Midfield three, Ryan Christie, Callum McGregor, David Turnbull, and up top was Leila Bada, Odson Edward and Hugo Furuhashi. So it's all changed for this game. Um, the, the team that 
that dominated and beat Rangers 3-0 at Celtic Park, Patrick, was Angie's team. We could see that. Um, just touching on what Brian was saying there, if Kyogo is back, I'm sure he'll want to be in the bench and want to be involved. Psychologically, how big a boost could that be to Celtic? Um, and how damaging could it be to Rangers just to have that man's name included on our team sheet? Yep, 100%. Um, it, would give, it would give the fans a boost. You know, I know there's only going to be 700 there, but it would give the fans a boost. Um, I'm sure, you know, Van Bronckhorst would prefer it if Kyogo wasn't available for us. Um, you know, I don't think there's any chance he's going to start the game. You know, he might he might come off the bench. Um, maybe if, if we're not winning with 20 minutes to go. But it, it would give everyone a boost. It would give, you know, a, a morale lift, if nothing else. I know we all remember the Bayer Leverkusen game when McGregor and Kyogo were revealed in the starting lineup, and you know, ultimately made no difference. But the boost it gave everyone about an hour and a half before kickoff was immense. Um, and you know, it would just be good to have Kyle go back. You know, I think we've got eight, hopefully nine games remaining this season. Um, if Kyogo can start maybe six of them, I think that would, that would be brilliant for us. Um, and then keep himself out over the well, keep himself uninjured over the summer going into next season. Um, I think we're a phenomenal team without him. I think we'd only get even better with him in the side. Um, but, you know, to sort of draw a line under all that, I would still start Yakimakis at Ibrox eh, on Sunday, no matter how fit eh, Kyle goes. Yeah, I think he totally merits. He's uh, his start, Lawrence. He's been a crucial player for us since the turn of the year. Um, obviously, he scored against St Johnston. He had the penalty against Livingston. Injury issues... We heard Dan speak about um, him not being completely fully fit, not having a proper pre-season. But from everything that's came out of Celtic Park, we've heard about him being in there at Lennox Town during that January break, putting in a shift, putting in the making sure that he was up to the standard, which Andy expected of him. And he's been, you know, he's been in top form since he's came back. He's got a barrel of the goals. Um, I think Yakimakis uh, can cause Rangers problems on Sunday. But what's your thoughts on that one if he starts? Listen, I think he definitely starts. There's no other fit forward. But, well, maybe a Yeti, and I don't think a, a hat trick in a bounce game is going to dislodge. Supposedly, that was it. Aye, bounce you know, game, I think. What about that? Yeah, it's not going to dislodge Yakimakis. Uh, not a chance. So, so he starts, that's it. And it's just how fit Kyogo's going to be, I think, you know, if he's can give us 20, the last 20 minutes. Because you'd expect to change, you know, five of the front six at some point during the, during the game, all going well. So... Yeah, Kyogo on the bench, but Yakimakis starts. Back five picks itself for me, you know, it's Hart, it's Taylor, Starfield, Carmen Cart, Vickers and Juranovic. And then it's just your midfield, it's Carl McGregor, isn't it? And, and, and two others, do you play Carl as a six or eight? For me, I would play beat on at six, Carl for the forward. It just gives the midfield more legs. Maybe Brian Maeda is getting a, a partnership with Taylor, so... He starts on the left. I'd probably start Roger for experience as a third midfielder. And on the right, Yota. Let's see what he can do, because last game he was back in form. Yeah, um, there's a lot, probably, you know, we can pick through those positions. We will pick through those positions. Brian, just on on that one, um, you know, Lawrence has spoken about the back four, the goalkeeper picking itself. But in that midfield, there might be that, that question again, whether near Beaton might be considered. Now, Patty will be... Worried here. I know when he sees near Beaton's name appear on a team sheet against Rangers, he has nightmares, he has flashbacks, he starts, you know, hiding behind couches and all that stuff and having mental breakdowns. But, um, totally justified, by the way. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
Well, this possibly could be a game, though, that he might turn to him. And, you know, he's one of the most experienced players in the team. He might look to push Callum McGregor further forward. Um, but personally, I just think with the way we played against Rangers in that derby game at the start of February with O'Reilly and Hitati, the legs in midfield, McGregor was absolutely phenomenal. I, I would stick with that. You know, I think Rangers in that area, um, you know, will want a lot of the ball. But at times they don't have the legs. Um, we've seen that from, you know, watching and play against us this season. Um, what, what's your thoughts on that? Is it a go with a kind of hard man in there like we did with Livingston, or do we go in to try and uh, run them over the top in midfield, playing the same kind of midfield that we did at the start of February? Yeah, I would have to say I, I would start McGregor, Hitati and O'Reilly. Um, I can see the merit of starting Beaton, but I think what you, you might find is, as well as Lawrence touched on it with um, Mieda, linking up well with Taylor, but he also linked up very well with Hitati. Um, in the last game and I think Katati he's, he's been up and down for my view but since the Rangers game so you would expect him to think right okay if I, if I do another good performance against him it gets me back up and gets back up confidence so he would start for me um, I said I prefer McGregor a bit further forward but what I like is how quickly he can transition to the defensive position and make the attack happen and I just think the midfield can't cope I think like the the way um, O'Reilly, Maeda, sorry, O'Reilly, Hitati and McGregor in a link and move about, there's energy, there's pace, position passing, and I don't think their midfield will be able to cope with it. I don't think they're going to come out all out attackers, even though it's at um, Ibrooks. So I think what you might see, I mean, my, my dream scenario would be big, um, big gorgeous George up front, battles their centre half for an hour, um, I've seen is George doing the business at Ibrox, eh, Brian, in recent years? Aye, 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 uh, big Greek beauty. Um, yes. And I think um, if uh, he comes off and then you put on that badder, he'll go and then beat on to stay in the middle of the park. I think that, I mean, do you imagine being one of their defenders and getting battered for an hour and then Kyogo comes on to run at you? Or Mieda goes in the middle? Or you need to deal with a badder and shorter switches? I think there's such powerful options. So I do see um, beat on coming on maybe for Hitati if he starts to tire but I don't think he starts not for me anyway I just I, I, I don't think there's an, it's not been arrogant but I don't think there's enough to fear about their team going forward now that we should be sacrificing our attacking players even though it's Ibrox No I, I would try and you know I think Patrick you'll probably agree maybe this one go with the legs in midfield it worked in the start of February and I think it would work again and just on that Danielle is doing what I just did there I was it being rude? I was checking the Japan-Vietnam game and Hatate has been subbed off in 46 minutes. So I don't think there's any concern in that. If anybody could check that out for us, that would be great. Hopefully he's just been taken off for precaution or whatever. Um, we've already qualified for the World Cup anyway, so you know, hopefully Angie's had a wee word in the year. Certainly get 45 minutes out of but any more than no go. Um, Patrick, are you in agreement? Go with the legs in midfield. Don't go away. You know, I can uh, try and match up in terms of the, the hard man battle, if you will. Just go with the legs and it should pay as justice. I, I'd, I'd stick with the, the midfield that won it the last time. You know, we totally <clears throat> we totally outran them. We ran over the top of them the last game. Um, so I'd definitely stick with the same midfield. Um, when it comes to forwards, I'm going to contradict myself here because, you know, Roderick's on form, but I would stick with the, the same midfield as February. Whereas I would actually go with, you know, Maeda, Yakimakis and Jota instead of Jota, Yakimakis and Abada. Um I think, as Brian said, he links up really well with Hatati in midfield and then he's got a great partnership with Taylor going at the moment. So I think it'd be quite harsh to drop him, to be honest. And then if you're going to take him off, you can move Jota to the other side and bring Abada on. And you've seen with the goal that Abada scored against Rangers, the runs that he can make. Um, the, the late runs into the box, so he can he can he can beat a man. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd stick with that midfield, and then you know that I think the back four plus the goalkeeper just sort of picks itself. Really, I think you've got to stick with Taylor and Jovanovic um, at the back. And you know there was a comment I forgot I've uh, forgotten the name, so my apologies. But you know they need to, as much as their style is mainly defensive, they will need to come at us eventually if the game's at nothing each, because they probably need to win. Um, to try and sort of draw the the league table level, um, 
So I think. How do you win, though, Patrick? Do you know, think they'll just sit and play for set pieces and penalties? They'll certainly play for penalties, that's for sure. Um, yeah. But I, I, they need to go out to win the game. Um, whereas I don't think, you know, I'm not saying that we should aim for a draw, and I know that Ange definitely won't do that, but I think a draw would suit us. Um, but, you know, with, with a team like McGregor, uh, Hatati, and O'Reilly, I think we can we can win the midfield battle. Um, as uh, Lawrence said, or uh, Brian said, you know, Yakamakis bullying them for 60 minutes. You'd fancy him to, to beat their defenders in the air and set pieces and stuff. So, yeah, I think the team picks itself. That's going to give us, I think, another um, a threat that we used really, really to our advantage. And that Yakimakis sucking in the two Rangers centre-halves allows for that space to be created um, in the full-back positions, which was something that we've seen in that, that clip that was going around in YouTube. You know, it makes Rangers come through the middle. And it, you know, it takes Barisic, Tavernier, whoever plays in those positions, out the game. Barry McCormick's came in here to say that he believes that Beaton slows uh, play down too much in midfield. We should be trying to get the ball out wide quickly and overload and put pressure on Tavernier and Barisic. That probably links with with that um, strategy. And that if you get Jakimakis through the middle, you know that he's going to be a total pest. We hope to those two Rangers centre halves, and hopefully, you know, it might even mean that the fullbacks need to come in and double up on him. Um, which will give us space in those wide areas when we've got players, you know, just now who are on form that look as if they can hurt teams. And with the way Maeda and Jota has been playing recently, you know, there's no worry in the two of them, you know, having a big game. Um, we've seen how crucial that can be any time we visit Ibrox and our wingers, having a big game, you know, think back Scott Sinclair's and whatever else, um, and tormenting Rangers' defences. Um, and midfields, actually, uh, sorry, substitutes that, that game I spoke about in August. Whereas Malia Soro, eh, Tom Rodrick, Adam Montgomery, so even again, it's going to be a complete turnaround in what we can probably add into the game and produce into the game. You know, Patrick, you touched on Lola Bada there, he scored a cracking goal midweek for his international side. Um, he'll have been doing a lot of travelling, so it might be just that Ange just sees him as an impact player, but he can certainly be that impact player for us. Um, and it's great that we've got these options. Um, Lawrence, are you in total agreement that the midfield three, I know you've said that Callum McGregor's probably the only stick on, but in terms of the other two positions, would you go for for legs and maybe what, what Brian's saying there, that if you're you know, one or two nil up, then you can bring on those players that can slow the game, game down a bit. Obviously, we're not even having a conversation here about David Turnbull and, and Tom Rodgick who can go into that midfield, and even one of your favourite guys, James McCarthy, who came on in the Derby game in February and absolutely coasted it when he came on. So... For me, the problem is Calm's our best number six and our best number eight. You, you, you know, so it's kind of... Um, I'd push him further forward. I think it gives us more legs further forward. We get a better return from him further forward. Beaton's slower than McGregor at transitioning the game. I don't necessarily think he's slow at transitioning the game. He's just slower than McGregor. So I would start beating uh, Calm. And Roger's in form. Put Roger on, see what, he, see what he can give us. You know, it's... It's a bit of experience as well. You know, as you've touched on it, there's only 700 fans there. We might need just a wee bit of experience to, you know, calm the nerves and, and carry out instructions. So, yeah, I, I, my midfield would be slightly different. So so you're going McGregor, Rogic and... Beaton, McGregor and Rogic. Right, OK. That's fair enough. Um, you know, I don't think I'd be surprised or shocked to see that kind of team, but... I'm just one, you know, I saw one of the comments there, I would just stick with what won the game the last time, that, that's what I would go with, obviously O'Reilly as well, set pieces and stuff, he gives you an extra danger that we might not get if we go with that, but we'll see what happens, you know, I, I totally, we're all here and we all trust the manager to pick the team that he believes it will get us the points on Sunday. Um, hey, fair, um, just on regards to beat on, see anything he's, he's come in recently, he's done a really good job, and I think one of my Probably the, the, the game that sticks out is against Hearts. Tincast and he was captain. Yeah. And he was excellent. excellent that night. Yeah. He really was. That, that's probably the game that I, when I think of it and I think of now. So if he did start, I wouldn't be disappointed. And I think that's testament to the job Andrew's done, right? Because, you know, these guys can come in. And you might say there's a drop in quality, whatever, but actually the system still works. And I think one of the things that you notice with the way they played with 
Um, Hitati. Hitati almost came in as like a second striker. And Maeda kind of, Taylor came into midfield and Maeda went out left. Uh, Hitati went out left. The, the, the thing about it is, you go into Ibrooks and although we battered them last time, just that slight tweak in personnel might confuse them enough. Because that's an, that's an impossible situation to mark that into Lincoln. So I think whatever team plays, I think the system's going to be too strong for, for them to handle. Yeah, um, no, I, I totally agree with that point, Brian. And that, you know, but we've got so many different options that maybe Van Bronckers might have prepared for that, that midfield fee that I'm talking about, um, that, that won the game the last time, arguably. But, you know, would a curveball be out of the question? Probably not. Um, Simon's just came in to get the reminders yet Tom Rogic didn't go away with Australia I don't know about his fitness so that might be the only thing that might kind of rule Rogic out of the game on Sunday um, didn't go away with his international side so you know we'll see but even again Brian what you were saying there Alan Roberts has come in to say beat on it at Livingston he thought was was man of the match I thought he was you know he was excellent that day too he certainly contributed his bit this season there beat on um whether that means he starts on Sunday or not, I don't know. Um, but I'm going for the argument with the legs. I think we're, we're split down the middle on this one. This side of the scheme, in fact, are going go with the runners. You two gentlemen are going go with a bit of experience, but I dig, and it might be the curveball that possibly potentially wins us the game. But we can we'll probably go around in circles all day with this one. Um, that's that three covered, spoken about them. Um, the top three, Patrick, you said Maeda, Jackie Marcus. Jota, I think that was what you said as well, Lawrence. Are yeah. we all, we're all in agreement that that was probably what we think Andrew will go with, or could we see Abada come in there? Um, and obviously, that's probably the only dilemma, and if Abada does go in there, does that mean Jota drop or Maeda uh, drop? Patrick, what's your thoughts on that one? Um, <clears throat> no, I think he'll stick with the three that started against Ross County. Um <laughs> You know, they were phenomenal that day. Um, my idea's really coming into form after, you know, you could say a, a tricky start. You know, was that period away to Pitodri, um and then Bodo as well, where I wouldn't say he was playing badly, but he wasn't really involved in the game. And I don't think we were playing a style that suited him uh, at striker. But, you know, now that he's, now that he's on the left, um, he's so fast that he can beat his man. And, you know, 10 teams out of 11, their fullbacks are so poor that he can quite easily beat beat the fullback anyway, get across into the box, create a decent chance. Um, so I'd, I'd stick with Maeda, and then I think you know you have to start Jota. He's so good. He offers so much. Um, and then Yakimakis, you know, a Yeti might have scored a, a hat trick in that bounce game, but I think you've got to start. Uh, you've got to keep Yakimakis up top. Um, I, I actually I'm, I'm going back in my Kyogo decision here. I, I don't even think I'd risk him. Um, because you know this is a guy coming back from a three and a half month three and a half month injury. Are we really going to play him for twenty minutes against Rangers? I mean, you know what they can be like. You, you don't want to risk him getting another injury, you know. Mm. Um, so I'd maybe just start with I'd stick with Yakimakis for the full ninety. Um, maybe put Kyle go on the bench, but I wouldn't actually bring him on. I don't think. Uh, I'll be yeah, he's so, on the bench in for you, Patrick. Oh, I. Uh, after Mikey Johnson as well, I think I think I'd bring Mikey on. Um, no, I I think I'd stick with that front three as well. Uh, you know, Abada can come on. Uh, he can play at striker. You know, I think we've talked on here before about how Abada's actually quite quite a good player at striker. You know, um, but yes, that is this, that's the front three I'd go with. Yeah, um, Lawrence. You know, Michael Riley's come in in the comments to see whatever your preferred team has options. They're great to see. That is it. It's good that we're having. This positive chat. We're not. We're not talking about having to bring, you know, a, a boy up for the B team to make his debut in another game like this. But we've got options. We really do hope that everybody comes back from international duty with a clean bill of health. Obviously, Scotland still to play tonight. Um, Denmark under twenty ones are still to play this evening. Um, Stephen Welsh is out, captain. Scotland under twenty ones out in Kazakhstan just now. Um, don't know how they're getting on. If anybody could update us with that one, please do. Um, look, Lawrence. Psychologically, though, Kyogo, even if we're not going to play him, would they just be a good option just to put in the bench, just for psychological purposes? But would you agree with Patrick and just, you know, maybe St Johnson's the right kind of game to bring him on or start him in? Depends how fit he is, doesn't it? Depends how close to, close to fitness and how the player's feeling. Uh, 
I think put him on the bench no matter what. And, you know, I'd like to see him come on. I'd like to think he was that as close to, to match fitness that he's ready for a run out. But I think, what was it, a week and a half ago or something since he started running and get on grass. So it's, it's maybe a bit early. If that's always had his time in training. But I think psychologically it's huge if he's on the bench. You know, and, you know, for two or three now, three now up, get him on. Give him 20 minutes. It's always positivity, you big man, isn't it? You know, two nil, three nil up. That's what I like to hear. I hope we're two or three nil up at one point because I don't think my nerves can take it. Um, I don't think anybody's nerves can take it. Um, Declan, I'm still nervous in these games at three nil. <laughs> I saw man. <laughs> the five. I don't think it's done. It's eighty nine minutes. The minute to go, and it's only three nil. No, I, I totally agree with you. The five one game at Ibrox, I was still looking at my watch and the clock and all that. Going, no, hurry up, they blow the whistle. And that was at three and four one. And then the fifth gun, I was still. Oh, Kenny Miller scored and going, no, here we go. So, no, I, I get that. I totally understand that. Um, but before we close the Kyogo chat, Brian, are you psychologically just sticking there or would you be tempted at all to throw him in that part? Because I think there is, you know, what Patrick's saying, there is probably that risk that, you know, you bring him on and you're maybe needing a goal, but, you know, you don't want him to, after being out for, you know, what will be now four months, I think, by the time this game practically rolls round, that we could end up having him out for the running because I think this is a massive game. It's three points, um, there's seven games to go in the league. But, you know, no matter what happens in Sunday, Celtic are still going to be top of the league. So, you know, this isn't going to make or break our season, this game. I certainly think it would give us a bit of breathing space if we win the game. But I think Hugo Furuhashi would be far more important to us and then the next six following games instead of just one game in isolation. What's your thoughts on that one? I would definitely have him on the bench regardless. I just think that, as I said at the start, I think the psychological boost would be, it's is, is one of those unquantifiable things that, you know, just him, I'm eating him, say it's 20 minutes to go and it's not each or one nil Celtic or whatever. You send him out for a warm-up, the effect that will have on, you know, their players, their fans, Thinking, you know, because Kyogo's our best player, probably. You know what I mean? He's, he's an absolute talisman for us, and he's been our best striker, and we've went a last part of the season without him, and then we're still winning. So, if think about him potentially coming on, I think just the effect of that can galvanise the team a bit and say, you know, if he's possibly available, we're going to win this game. We've got too much ammunition going forward. Listen, I'm with, I'm with, with Lawrence. I think if we're two or three and up, all the positivity, then I wouldn't put him on, obviously, but. I think the circumstances of the game will dictate it. And just finally on the front three selection, I'm a massive fan of Abada. I think he's really turned around this season. He's, he's things quite special. The reason I would start Maeda and Jota left and right is because they're, well, maybe not as much recently, but Tavernier still one of the most important players, especially for close centre of the box. And I think that's what they'll target, is trying to get as many balls in as possible. With Maeda constantly closing him down, Constantly with that work ethic, not giving him the room to move. I think that's going to be a key weapon for us. And I think Jota will tie big Bassi and Notch on the right hand side. Um, and the good thing with Jota is you can't predict what he's going to do. So they can't, if we can't predict it, they can't either. Um, and as you said earlier, Edic, I think having, having the big Jack Marcus up front, just drawing him into battles, drawing him into him, takes so much space. So that's why we picked the A3. But um, ultimately, it, 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 I think it almost doesn't matter who we play. Maybe maybe no Mikey Johnson and Ayeti. Uh, Patrick, I've got to disagree with you. I don't know if I put the switch on that stage, but, um, but maybe I'll... He, he, drinks, he drinks funny things in the morning, Brian. You, you don't matter the <laughs> What are you doing in your, your spare time? It's, it's, it's up to I don't know what's in that coffee. Aye, aye. Um, um, I, I'll, I'll stick with the... Like, like Lawrence and I, a pair of Wiley veterans, I'll stick with the... Uh, the, the sort of the sort of go to team and I think the team that started is the team that should play. Yeah, um yeah, but we're in great form just now, thirty one games unbeaten domestically. As a phenomenal turnaround, uh, I don't think any has probably could have predicted that, even if you go back to um the game up at Potodri, Patrick, um where we couldn't buy an away one, could be we were you know, it had gone on for so long and I think we were starting to think to ourselves, I mean, is this gonna come? But it came that day and we've absolutely kicked on since then and we've been you know, a, a real force and it's been a joy to watch at times. Um, 
Mark has came in here on the comments to say he's hoping that George's Yakimakis for Tatra in a row. Why not get your maybe get your bets on that one? That, that would be some something of the big man, you know, three in a row, three hatchets in a row. Get the old Eddie McGee video out. Remember that one when the league gets the <laughs> Um Just what we're talking about, you know, the eleven that's going to start in the park and how good it's we've got options. Obviously, having all those options mean a strong bench. Um, Pat, I touched on, you know, the subs the last game. It's Mario Soro, Adam Montgomery, um, and David Turnbull. No, sorry, Tom Rogic um, came on. Uh, how important can the substitutes be in this game? Because we're hoping it's all positive. We're hoping our, you know, Lawrence with the feet up. We have been in the sand at 3 0 and it's 50 minutes in the clock, like it was uh, in the game at the start of February. But if it's not that, how important can subs be in this game? Because, you know, I certainly think with a clean bill of health coming back from internationals, as a squad, we're in a really good place just now. I think once you get, <clears throat> excuse me, I think once you get to the 60th minute, I think that's when the subs, well, obviously, that's when subs become important. But depending on what the score is, I think if we are two goals or more up, um, I'd, um, I'd, Start bringing on guys like Beaton and McCarthy. If if they aren't if they haven't started, I'd I'd bring them on just kill the game totally. Um, I'd actually that's when I'd move McGregor further forward just to you know you're looking at two guys who are defensive, good at keeping the ball, and then Callum McGregor who can move forward, also good at keeping the ball, but can also play those balls forward. And if you're bringing on guys like Abad and Kyogo, really quick players, you can hit them in the counter when you're two nothing up. Um, I think I think if you're one nothing up, that's when the, the dilemma really starts. You, you don't know whether to sort of go for a second or defend the one goal lead. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm being a bit pessimistic here. I'd take a draw, so I'd, I'd maybe go more defensive. But um, again, if if you're losing or drawing the game with twenty or thirty minutes to go, that's when you start bringing on a bad and Kyogo and stuff. Um, you know, maybe not Mikey Johnson. That was a joke earlier. But uh, you know, bring on these players to try and change the game. Uh, it's but about as you time you had a performance at Ibrooks. It's about time you had a performance. You know, countless <laughs> fifty-two pounds at Ibrooks, and I've yet to see it. Maybe that too. You know, maybe I'm being unfair, but he's—he always seems to be the one that always features at Ibrooks. Eh? He's always was the one that used to appear. Oh. And be like, are we still talking about Mikey Johnson? Because he threw that ball through for uh, Edward in that two 0 game. That's what I'm saying. I said apart from the two 0 game. No You know what? You've changed your mind. Start Mikey Johnson. Yeah, oh, put Bagetti back up. No, are all the problems that at centre forward? Because we'll talk about it, yeah, but if, if Yakimakis doesn't play well and Peel was not fit, people will well, potentially it's players that could play there, but they're going to be out of position, aren't they? So it's I they, think maybe that's why I get to get his hat tricks. Probably not to you know, it was a good time for him to get it, wasn't it? Get his confidence up when they're maybe going there could be short options if Yakimakis doesn't. Well, I mean, last time against Strangers, it lasted 60 minutes. He ran his hat out. Brilliant performance. So it could be something that, you know, we are going to have to change. Who the figurehead is up front. Yeah, and it can be, you know, we've got guys in there who it's just a complete engine. He keeps going to the very, very end. Um, you know, you've, as I touched on last week, there's that clip of him. Eight, eight minutes and he's good towards Laidlaw, the, the Ross County goalkeeper. That's like, geez, oh, but where does that energy come from? Um even after a case of Patrick's look as in sport, I don't think you'd be chasing down balls like that. So, um, but you've got those options. You've got, you can play a badder for the middle, and obviously you've got guys like, like Johnson will be in the bench and etc. So there is options there for us. Um, Brian, in terms of the context of this game, is it just another three points this, or with the breathing space that this could give Celtic, is this anything more? I said that earlier on. That no matter what happens, I saw one of the comments saying unless we get beat fifteen nil, don't think that's going to happen. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, so no matter what happens, we are likely to be top of the the table. Very likely to be top of the table come Sunday, close of day. Is it just another three points, or because of the breathing space this can give us into that final six games? Is it more than that? It's absolutely more than that, in my opinion. I think. I don't th- for a start, I don't think any game against uh, Rangers is ever just about three points. Uh, any victory against them is, is, is feels far more than that. In terms of the league context, 
the and again I keep talking about the psychology of things. Um, but if you beat them at Ibrooks and go six points ahead at this stage of the season, I think they'll crumble. We've saw that they don't handle pressure well, if we're honest. I think that's been a feature of this team in the past couple of years. Uh, maybe not last year, but then in the crowd. Um, and I think if you beat them at Ibrooks, I think the galvanising effect <clears throat> and the dehabilitating effect that will have on them is, is far harder to measure. Uh, I wouldn't go as fast as say if we beat them on Sunday, that's the league done, but I think it's one foot in the door. So I think it's, it's it's certainly more than three points. That being said, it's not an absolute disaster if, if we don't win. But I think I think we could we could really sort of really stamp out any sort of uh, resistance to the league if we were in Sunday. So I really think it's far more important than, than, than just three points. I'm going to disagree with Brian. If we win the league on Sunday, the league is done. If we win the game on Sunday, we win the league. You know, six points clear, six to go, superior goal difference. We've got them at, at Celtic Park again. We, we win the league on Sunday, that's it. You know? Yeah, there's a few people coming in saying that. Um, I don't like to count my chickens too much, so I'll um, stay away from that opinion. Um, Patrick, you said earlier on you would take a draw. You don't think a draw is a disaster in this game, uh, personally, yourself. Um, what about you for the context of this? If it's a draw, it's in six games to go and it's still three points at the top with that cushion and we get to, you know, the game at Celtic Park, would you be quite confident that we'd win the game at Celtic Park and that would be it then, probably curtains? Yeah, uh-huh. <clears throat> um, that's that's why I take a draw, because I think we'll beat them at Celtic Park uh, whenever that game happens after the split. Um, I, I'm not saying that draw is not a disaster. I think, you know, I wouldn't say it's a good result. I don't think dropping points is ever a good result, but... It's the, it suits us, whereas it doesn't really suit them. Um, I think this is a must-win game for them, and if we can deprive them of a win, then I think that's a good result. Um, but again, you know, Ange, he, he's not built that way. Um, I don't think as Celtic fans we are built that way anyway. We should go out to win the game. I think we will go out to win the game. And I think if we play um, I think if we play our best football, we will win the game, because I think we're a better team, and I think we play a better brand of football. Um, so... You're happy with that? Yeah, I, you know, we've heard Hans Postacoglu in various interviews say he doesn't know how to get a draw from a football game. He goes into every game wanting to win the game. I fully expect us to win the game and I want us to win the game on Sunday. And I think if it does, it gives us a breathing space. Um, you said foot in the door, Brian. You know, I think we can stick the kettle on then. Uh, maybe not stick the tea bag in the, the cup, but we can certainly start to get a champion in ice, mate. Well, I prefer, I, do, I prefer the champagne analogy to the teacup one. Yeah, no, 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 you know, it's still it's only five past one. I mean, I know. I have a thought somewhere, Jack. Well, exactly. That's what <laughs> many people say, but um, yeah, um, the, the Guinness can chill until then. But we'll, we'll just, I think, you know, it's good that as fans we can become excited. I remember these games last season. We were dreading sometimes watching them. Um, especially the ones when it was all done you just didn't want to turn on your telly to watch it because you, you didn't know what to expect whereas now there's a there's an era, you know, there's a feel good factor in the air and that's a good thing being a Celtic fan um, and it's exciting it's always exciting as part of the season especially with you know what's at stake at the end of the season with that Champions League money and hoping to get um, back what we claim as ours um, the league championship um, it's going to be really cool I would yes. say a draw is a bad result for us, you know, right. because we're the form team. You're, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're struggling, uh, certainly domestically, so I would say a draw is a, bit, a, draw is a bad result for us. Yeah, I can understand that, yeah. Um, I think when probably I, psychologically a draw could benefit. I know Patrick's saying that, you know, it probably suits us, but I think psychologically Rangers maybe take something from that, but even again, they, they might be of the mindset that they need to win the game because it's... It's their home game, and I think probably with the way the league was starting to shape up, everybody was looking at, you know, the two teams wanting to get six points in their respective home games, whereas um, possibly, you know, either Rangers would see a draw as not a disaster, still within touching distance, or disappointing and that they've not, you know, won the game. Because I think there's a lot of people will say that, that form actually doesn't matter getting into these games. There's, there's lots of people that will say that out there. Um, I want to win the game. Pure and simple. I want us to win the game. I want those three points, six points of breathing space and a great goal difference just to add to it. 
Um, I think you look at that for a draw. So I do. I think I think if you offered a draw to them just now, they would take it. Mm. They would jump it, wouldn't they? Aye. I, I think aye. And they'd jump yeah. it probably just so yeah, no. I think that tells you it's probably a bad result for us. Yeah, hoops to win. Definitely Celtic to win. Um Willie Collum eventually has been announced as a man in the middle. Um I think for a, a point in time he was banned from, from referee at Ibrox, but he is back. The man from Carfin, I think Willie Hills from um one of me and Patrick's mutual pals had him as a teacher at school. He Patrick was right, isn't it? Um, yep, religious and, affairs teacher. Yeah, there you go. Teacher. So, <clears throat> um, that must have been sometimes quite fun on a Monday um, but uh, yeah what do you call them in the middle um, Brian it's a case probably of that old Jockstein quote people will say that you know if you're good enough to referee does it matter but as a, a worry I don't think any referee official I think even unless it was uh, Pope Francis put in the middle on Sunday I don't think any Celtic <laughs> fan would have probably been too confident so uh, as it you know we were never going to get a referee who was going to probably please any of us. Um, what's your thoughts on Willie Collum being in the middle? Obviously, we'd have rather the Pope, but it's going to be Willie Collum. Aye, but uh, apparently the Pope can he make it, but um, aye, we Willie, what a man. Um, as long as Disney give any penalties and did they see this thing, that'd be quite nice. But what's the reality is, I don't think, look, you're picking a bad bunch, aren't you? If we're honest, they're all rotten. I said before, I don't think they're inherently biased. I think that there's maybe unconscious bias to a degree, but incompetent. I, I, I think it's a sheer lack of competency. And actually, I think I think one of the worst offenders is Don Robertson. I think he's he's dangerously neglectful. Um, I've said that a few things about him. There's been a lot of injuries related to him. Um, so I'm glad it's still him. But, you know, I, I don't think there was any name, you know, unless it was... Um, you know, Pope, Tommy Sheridan or Rod Stewart getting pulled out the referee's hat. Yeah. I don't think I'd been happy with anybody. So um I think I think we always I think the Celtic fans will always have to assume the referee's gonna be rotten. And we have to just we've we'll, we'll rose above it for, for many, many years. And I think we'll do that again on Sunday. So I'm hoping he's gonna be largely relevant. Um but we'll just need to remains to be seen, I suppose. Yeah, I'm not you know, it's definitely incompetent, unconscious bias or biased, and I'm not ruling out any of the three, mate, because I've seen no evidence that they should rule out bias here. Patrick, is it, you know, what, what Brian says, that he just told that he is completely irrelevant in the game. We play our football, and we don't need to worry about what they call him, or if it was his chums, Clancy, McLean, Robertson, or whoever, that we just go to Ibrox, play our football, play our stuff, hopefully run over the top of Rangers and come away with the three points. Um, and send 700 people home very, very happy. Yeah, and uh, 50,000 others unhappy. Um, I think every football fan would agree when you come away from a game, talking about the referee or saying that the referee dominated the game, it, it just totally ruins a football match. You know, you want the referee to have as little impact as possible. And, um, you know, I, I, I've not looked back on past seasons, but certainly this season, Celtic have committed the least fills of any team in the SPFL. That's probably, I'm quite confident in saying that that's probably the case every season. We we always come at the least fills over the course of 38 games. Um, you can't say the same for Rangers, obviously. But, you know, the least fills means less involvement for the referee, which means you get to see more football. And I think that's what we all want to see. I mean, we all want to see a Celtic win, obviously. But you still want to see good football being played. Um, so... As minimal uh, input from the referee as possible would be my preference. I think, you know, I think we're all in agreement. It doesn't really matter who they pick, they're all incompetent. Um, some of them are biased. Um, I think, well, I'd say, I'd say most of them are biased. I mean, they all grew up supporting a team, didn't they? Uh, just depends which one. But yeah, it's like what Roger said years ago you need full time referees. I think we need VAR in Scottish football as well, just to make it as best as it possibly can be. Um, but aye, as little input from the ref as possible, please. Yeah, we'll, we'll put the line under referees because I don't like to hammer at home. Willie Collum has been selected. We had to touch on it. It was a talking point today. Willie will be in the middle um, and hopefully he's not a topic of discussion whatsoever next week after Sunday that we're purely talking about a good football game in which we've won. Um, Christopher Scott's name all appeared in our radar 
yesterday. Um, unless you're a, a fan of German football and have followed him, he moved from Bayer Leverkusen to Bayern München. Um, he's 19 year old. He's an attacking midfielder. Brian, I want to come to you in this one. Um, he's played for the first team. Right? He's only played twice for the first team. He's been featured more in Bayern's second uh, team. Um, he's unhappy. His lack of first team appearances. Um, what what would this say in terms of you know what, what and just try to create itself because if, if you think back to to Morrison and Hepburn going out in the other direction going to Bayern Munich seeking that opportunity seeking that chance is Ange trying to invert probably that you know the, the unwelcome trend that we've had at the club and losing all that top talent and trying to build for the future by looking at guys like this bringing them into the fold and um, you know trying to kick on as a football club in a real modern sense. I think he is trying to do that. I just, I don't think this would be an indication of that. I think, yeah, the guy's a young player, but I think he probably sees him as someone that's going to be a first-team player right away. I don't imagine he's, I don't imagine the guy's going to be in via Munich's youth set-up and then come to be part of Celtic's youth set-up. You know, I think he would stay where he is. I think he's going to, he'd be going after him for to come in as a, a first-team player. Um, so I think that's more of a straightforward traditional transfer he's probably looking at. In terms of the ambition of the youth, I think one of the first things Ange said was is that he intends to utilise the academy to its, its fullest extent, and he's he's sort of a proponent of that, sort of bringing youth players through and trying to prepare them. And I think an indicator of that has been the fact that the B team's been playing pretty much the same system, the first team, and the fact that these guys are training a lot. Of these guys are training with the first team, mm-hmm. and I think the idea being after a certain amount of time they can be dropped straight in. I think that's his long term plan. Whether the guys that are currently at the, the, the sort of B level are going to be good enough is another question. But what we have to also understand when we look at that is that Andrew's only been here for the year. But he might be wanting to revamp the entire youth system. He might want to clear out a lot of those younger players and get other more talented players at 16, 17 and bring them in then and play them through. We, we, we don't really know. I think we're heading in the right direction. Um, and I think we're, we're looking at having a, a transfer structure. And I think that recruitment... I mean, you have to... You have to have faith in Angie's recruitment so far anyway, right? I mean, you would say he's got... Has there been any sort of duds he's signed so far? Uh, I think it has watching guys he's wanted, no. Um, uh, you know, I think there's thing probably thing. questions about guys like James McCarthy and stuff, but whether that... It doesn't clearly his choices. You've got to yeah. say he's got a phenomenal record so far. Um, possibly the best in, in recent years in terms of actual recruitment, in terms of money paid for what we've got. I think it's it's a very enviable record. The suspect is looking at these guys that are young, that fit the system, that play a certain way and identifying them bringing in. But I don't think the Scott potential transfer is indicative of an acceleration of the youth development side. I think they're two very separate things. I don't think just because he's a young player, you can conflate them. Yeah, no, I think that's well summarised and well put there. Um, Patrick, Michael McDonald's here in here. See, he thinks it means that we're in conversation again with young players, um, or is it just the case, you know, as Brian's kind of underlined there, that we are looking at top talent. I know that Brentford are another side that are, are interested in here. Um, Brentford's model is something that, you know, probably something we would probably like to see Celtic fans, um, because in terms of the way the structure works and everything else, Brian's touched on and sure, related by Frank Trimbley in terms of those transfers that have come in the door at Celtic. Um, what, what kind of message do you think Christopher Scott would be if we did bring him in? Is that a complete changing of the guard? Or is it just as doing our homework, looking at a potential young player and seeing him to come into the fold? Because again, you know, Christopher Scott, if he was coming in, we're going to offer him the potential of playing Lowland League football or playing for Bayern's second string side. But so Morrison and Hepburn's idea on that uh, you know, I think Christopher Swartz would come in and want to be heavily involved in the first team. Would it want to be playing that low in league football? What's your thoughts on all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you know what what really ends up. I'm not sure, but you'll you'll certainly be promised first team football if he's trading the Bayern Munich uh, second team for uh, you know the SPFL. Um, it's always a good indication, I think, when Brentford are interested in players because you know. We all went through the Ivan Tony nightmare where he was actually in Celtic Park and I think we were stalling or we didn't really want him and 
scoring goals for fun for Brentford. Um, I think I've spoken on here before. I think they're a well, a very well-run club. Um, they're an exciting club. They play good football. Um, so if they're interested in them and we can get them, I think that's that's something to be to be proud of. You know, um, as much as the Premier League, you know, it's the the big money and the the big lights and the big TV numbers and stuff. Brentford aren't going to be in the Champions League next season. Um, I think we are we are a couple of wins away from guaranteed group stage places, um, and I think that will be attractive to players. Uh, even if we don't win the league, um, the unthinkable happens. We'll still have a you know, sort of semi-unlikely route into the Champions League, which Brentford won't have, and I think that appeals to players. Um, I wouldn't say that one signing of a 19-year-old um, is a is a sign of a changing of the guard. It's certainly a step in the right direction. Um, and you know, I've got complete faith in Ange. You know, we've seen the last couple of months. I think those uh, signs a couple of months ago that the youth team were starting to play. You know, Ange ball as we call it. Um, I think that's a a, a wonderful thing. Um, you know, the only worry is what happens when Ange leaves. But you know, hopefully that day's far away. Um, but yes, it's a it's a step in the right direction. As is the youth team playing Ange ball. Um, as is us beating Brentford in the race to sign a player. Yeah, hopefully um, that, that would be the case. But again, don't count your chickens. We know what it can be like sometimes. Um, Lawrence, we've saw you know, Johnny Kenny come in. Um, hopefully he comes back from injury as soon as possible. We stretched off for Ireland's under-19s midweek in a game against England. So I've saw his you know, sign a player there with bags of potential. We've seen guys like Adam Montgomery, Caramel Cotton Bailey, Owen Moffat. Dean Murray, all been given a chance this season under Ange. Um, I probably tend to agree with, with Patrick and Lawrence, uh, sorry, Patrick and Brian there, and that it's a step in the right direction, but it's certainly not, you know, a complete modernisation of the system. I think that's going to be a long way to go, and with the current setup of the leagues out of Celtic's control, just offering, you know, younger players lowland league football, I don't think it's going to be enough for us to try and compete with with other countries um, because you know you get players like Ben Doak obviously we've had this conversation who could go down to Liverpool go into that under 23s it's very competitive it's top level football when I interviewed Peter Grant the other week he spoke about his time down there with Fulham um, and some of the players that came through the academy when he was there one being Matt O'Reilly um, what's your thoughts on this is it just a step in the right direction and would it be quite a good sign Celtic Pippen Brentford to, to sign a player from Bayern Munich Listen, we've had this model for a while, haven't we? Buy players, develop them, sell them for money. So I, I think it's basically, it's just going to be following that, you know. Brentford and that, they're data-driven ways, you know. They're certain money ball. If they're interested in him, they think he's a decent player. But Angie's got his own guy in doing the data, you know. We won't be just relying on, on Brentford's analysis. I'm sure we've done our own. Attacking midfielder, we're getting we're getting fairly congested now. I mean, don't forget Scott Scott Robertson's to come back next season as well. So, you know, midfield's getting fairly congested, but it looks a decent player on YouTube. But I think most players' YouTube highlights feel looks good. I look a decent player on YouTube, Lawrence, and I'm rotten. <laughs> I won't go as far as David say I'm a decent player on YouTube. So, <laughs> I know that one is a question, you know. Um, but, but you know, the boy's there. He's definitely not coming to play only. Let's be honest. He's coming for no. the first team squad. Because that's what we've got to be promising. We might not be promising the first team. We're saying, look, if you come, you're first team squad, and if you're good enough, you start. But you need to be better than the other first first team members. So, paper looks like a good capture. But, uh, you, you know, that's maybe for the close season. I'm just dreaming of the treble just now, mate, and he wouldn't be there to do that. Well, he will well, next season, but not for this season's treble. See, it's all positivity, Lawrence. You know, every Tuesday, you know, two, three nil ups, trebles, etc. And then we've got, you know, dreary down the bottom there, packed it at times. We, uh, I don't know which one you were talking about, mate. No, no, no. No, no, no. You are calm, though. You're too fitty to have a Lawrence up there. The rocket fuel that he's drinking at times in the morning, so. Aye, yeah, it's, it's contrasting this, but that's what it's all about. Disagreeing with opinions and giving a take on football. Um, International-wise, we've saw some guys featured, we've saw other guys not featured. Fort Craig Taylor played very well for, for Scotland the other night, uh, on that kind of that left wing-back position. Um, 17 obviously getting his goal. Somebody, a graduate of our 
tremendous youth academy um, getting his goal his first goal for Scotland quite unbelievable what you think that because he just seems as if he's been playing for Scotland forever um, how important Patrick will come to you in this is it just to get all these guys back to clean bill of health I've already touched on Johnny Kenny um, I know he's not been featured uh, he's not made a first team debut um, as of yet um, but how important is it just to get a clean bill of health but obviously I've touched on Hattati came off 46 minutes um, for Japan um, and then came against Vietnam just how important is it just to get this clean bill of health get past this stage and just kick on because there's still a hell of a lot of football to be played um, we've got seven games in the league and we've got a cup semi-final and a hopeful cup final to play we really need the squad to be at peak and I think we're approaching that I've got a full compliment 100% um, you know Johnny Kenny He's an interesting one because I think when we first signed him, he was given a, a first-team number. I think, can't remember what the number was, but it wasn't like, you know, the youth player holding up the number seven or whatever. Um, he was given a first-team a first team number and I think a lot of people might have thought that he was going to get game time and he didn't. So I'm hoping we're not making that mistake of promising young players game time and then not giving them it um, because that would backfire spectacularly in, you know, under a season's time, I think. But in terms of the first team, you know, to get everyone back fit and healthy, number one priority. Um, just to touch back on the youth thing, again, I think a couple of days ago Celtic announced a guy had signed a professional contract. I cannot for the life of me remember the guy's yeah, name. Kelly. Danny Kelly. Apparently he's absolutely well. sensational. Right. Sorry? I think Cor signed recently as well. You know, the goal. Right. But it's going to bounce game as well. But, but Danny Kelly's the, the boy the first professional contract. I think Darren Cor recently signed as well. Apparently that Kelly is an absolute wonder kid. Uh, I don't know how true that is, but you know it's good that we've got another youth player signed up in a long-term professional contract. You know, but yeah, <coughs> just get everyone back fit and healthy for the game, uh, and then you know for the remainder of the season we've got a week between games. I think apart from one midweek uh, post-split fixture, so plenty of time to rest after the game, just go full throttle for the 90 minutes and I've changed my mind up, I'm playing for a win now, I think anything apart from a win is a bad result. Yep, that's the Lawrence factor. You've got like five minutes or so to change that to anything but a 3-0 win. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for four. Brilliant. Oh, um, Lawrence, you know, both the internationals, the squad, Again, just to come back on this one, you know, as I touched on there, no matter what happens, on Sunday, we will be top of the table. You know, whether that's six points, whether it's three points, whether it's level, we had a really good goal difference. How good a place are we in just to get us over the line at this point in time? It's <laughs> fine for us as fans to get excited. There will be six games. We've got St. Johnston before the split. The split will come. I don't know what the super duper magic computer is going to do for our split fixtures. I think if it could, it would give us five games away from home. Um, but we don't know what will happen. Hopefully, we're in a cup final too. If we do really kick on, this could be a really special end to the season and a, an end to the season. You know, when the first ball was kicked against Midland, probably none of us could have envisaged. Well, listen, I think you know I, I was prepared. You know, if we won one cup, brilliant. You know, it's a rebuild season. Let Ange get in, get his system in. So he's exceeded my expectations in Europe. We won the first trophy, and I think my favourites for the other two. So, you know, it's great to be in this position. We're ahead of what expected. I can remember beginning of the season just saying, look, just get in touch until the January window. As long as we're in touch, we might be able to sign a couple of players and, and see what we can do then. So, brilliant position to be in. And, you, you know, it's down, all down to the Ange magic, isn't it? But, you know, he's a repeated winner. He's done this wherever he's went, apart from Greece. Uh, which maybe we won't, we won't talk about, but uh, yeah, still wants to be the Greek god. He heard what he says in that interview, you know, called Jack Abacus the Greek god. They said the man of the Greek god. So, uh, I, listen, it's I, I, I feel expect us to go and win and win fairly comfortably on Sunday, and I think that's the league done. Then, you know, I think uh, the way he's got him playing, it's just ticking off games then. Uh, so, and then it'll be. The, 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 the semi-final or St John's semi-final you know win those two games and I think you know if we win the semi-final I think we'll win the final yeah, yeah. so I, I think the next three games will determine us winning the treble you know no, we'll win three of those and it, 
the, the treble is in the bag, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely all down to Ange. Uh, you know, international break, as long as players come back for it, it's happy days, isn't it? Yeah, that's all you could hope for. Um, obviously, I'm hoping that Scotland do win in Austria tonight, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that one. I thought Scotland were okay last week, um, but we'll see what happens with that. I think everybody's just wanting to see what happens with this whole playoff game and, you know, Wales lie in wait um, between the game between Scotland and Ukraine, but there's a lot more pressing issues to deal with on that front. Brian, um, you know, about everything Lawrence has said there, Arguably, probably people would say that the next three games could dictate the end of this season for or Celtic at this point in time. How difficult do you think it is for Ange to just keep everything in the double down? Because, you know, we'd get excited. I think it's only normal for us to get excited, especially after last year, especially after the two hellish years of the COVID. Um, but it's all about a laser focus and a concentration on that dressing room just now. He is a man, I think, that can do that with that squad of players just to make sure they're not getting too ahead of themselves at this point. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that Angie spoke about is the resilience in the squad and how whenever it's been a challenge, they've sort of made it head on and they've not looked for excuses. And if you look at it now, I think that, the, you know, I think most people would agree with Lawrence that we're, we're exceeding expectations this season, certainly are. They don't expect us to be, to be in this position. So I think, like, you know, looking at it, they are going to be going to a place where as long everything they've done so far in this season, they've done it their way and they put them in this position. It doesn't need to change anything, just to keep it going and reinforcing that. And although Ange might say publicly, like most managers, like one game at a time, one game at a time, and I think it is, the players are more than most stupid. I remember one of the most refreshing things Ange said was when they spoke at the League Cup final. And I think somebody asked him, well, Ange, is this just like any other game? And he said, well, no, it's a cup final. I can't hide the fact it's a cup final. Can't pretend to lose. It's not a cup final. It's about how we manage that. So I think everyone understands the importance of the next couple of games, um, and of course they're season defining. Um, but if you look at both as fans and players, what everyone's been through last year and this summer, the uncertainty, even how the season started, there's a resilience built up there. And I don't think he's going to shift focus. I don't think the players will shift focus. And I, I fully expect whatever happens will be um, positive. And again. We have to always remember, no matter what happens, we're still exceeding expectations and the future is incredibly bright. And you consider, you know, just for context, what Ange walked into and how long he's been in the job and look at the football we're playing, look at the position we're in, look at the enthusiasm. It's absolutely brilliant. So, so, so exciting. I think, yeah, season-defining, but Ange is a man to this through. Yeah, no, he totally is. Um, he is a leader and he's done a phenomenal job at the football club. There's a long way to go. I think, as you say, Brian, the future is very bright under Ange Postacoglu. He has completely transformed and galvanised Celtic as a football club. He's galvanised us as a support. Everybody at the ante is behind him. And I think a, a victory at Ibrox on Sunday would only uh, add to that, you know, loving affair that we've got with the gaffer just now. Um, but it is very bright, but it's one game at a time. He will have that squad fully prepared I think for Sunday there is a laser focus to win this game on Sunday um, but it's a lot of football we'll be played he will say it's one game at a time and that's how it will be um, hope everybody enjoys the game on Sunday I really do hope everybody enjoys the game on Sunday hopefully we're all back here next week with smiles on our faces um, thank you to everyone for watching Scotland under 21s are 2-1 up Japan get a wee cheeky door there as well, just to keep you up with eating those internationals. Um, to the two usual guys, Lawrence, Patrick, thank you for joining me, and to our special guest, Brian, for joining us on this Tuesday Axon Bulletin. Message and data rates may apply.
Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.